Host Mash, what's up? Alex, how are you? Doing pretty good, doing pretty good. Was this the first official college football weekend for you? Um, in my uh, – the, the way I like to watch college football, yes, because um, the first two weeks, first day of college football was working. And last Saturday I was in town uh, – or I was in uh, Memphis visiting with JB and some other friends. So I was – not really at home, like in control of the remote with all my TVs and ESPN Go and all that stuff. I was just, uh, or watch ESPN, whatever it's called. So it's good to to just be able to just sit back and just watch college football all day and just take it all in. What was the 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 maximum amount of activity that you had from 11 a.m. till 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. that night? Like today? Yeah. Did you? Did um, you yeah, I would say, well, no, I, I went, the only time I left my apartment was I went to Chick-fil-A. Of course. Like ha- halfway. Yeah. Like at halftime of the 11 o'clock games. And you got the, and then, you get, you get the uh, American cheese chicken sandwich number two. Man, I'd asked for it, but they didn't give it to me. So I guess I just forgot to ask for it. I, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear that. Cause I know Chick-fil-A never messes up on their service. <laughs> you seen that video where the woman says, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've seen I've seen all of them. <laughs> yeah, good. So, but you I, can go ahead and say it just for people who haven't seen it. Yeah, I'm sorry you messed up your order because if you um, if Chick Fil A messes up your order, then that means you were never meant to get it in the first place. You just messed up. You messed up ordering. Not not that Chick Fil A messed up because they never mess up. Right, but I will say that the line was like literally like around the block. Like it's like the biggest, the busiest Chick Fil A I've ever been to, and they still got me through there in like ten minutes. The, the Chick-fil-A's in Memphis are busier than the Chick-fil-A's in Atlanta. And I think that's – I know you're, you're in Mississippi, but the Chick-fil-A's in Atlanta, Atlanta believe it or not, I think there's more here because it's it's headquartered here and started here. But there's more here. But I, I think that they're busier in Memphis. But, you know, a, a long Chick-fil-A drive through line never deters me from going through it because they're so no. – it's actually – it's kind of just fascinating to watch how quickly they can get you in and out of a drive through line, a long drive through line at that. Right. But I'm very big yeah. going to Chick-fil-A myself and going inside because I like to get that free Chick-fil-A uh, sweet tea refill. Right. Yeah, well, I was trying to make it back so I could uh, finish watching some football. I got you. So, hey, where, where's our friend JB? You mentioned JB. What happened to him? Um, well, JB went to the Ole Miss-Alabama game today, and uh, he says he's not feeling too well. So, I'm afraid, uh, I don't know, he must have caught something in Oxford. I don't know if, if it had something to do with how bad Ole Miss lost or, or what. We're not going to speculate too much, but I think he is a low-key Ole Miss fan. We're not going to talk yeah. about it, but he, he is he likes Tennessee, but like I think he is kind of a um, bandwagon fan. He's closeted. He's a closeted Ole Miss fan. Yeah, I mean, nothing nothing wrong with that. Just, you got to kind of own it. That's the only thing I wish. Um, yeah. But before we get into the great football there was on today, so you had, let's see, say you had Chick-fil-A. JB was actually at the game, and he um, he sent us a picture of Ajax, which is, I think, pretty good. He said it sounds like Southern. Yeah. I've been there once. It's, You've been there, I guess? Yeah, I've, I've been there a couple times. It's that, right there on the square. Their, only, their meatloaf is really good. Only in Oxford? I think so. that's the only one I know of. I'm pretty sure it's the only one. Yeah, 
he was saying it was pretty good. I mean, he, he said it was the best best meatloaf in the world. So I mean, that's that's yeah. strong words. But I mean, JB does. My grandmother like makes the best. My grandmother makes the best, the best meatloaf. So yeah. So um, wouldn't want to uh, have to pick between your your grandmother and uh, Ajax. So I'll just I'll no, I would. I would just pick my grandmother. <laughs> you would. Um, I guess I should just pick your grandmother. I mean, we've been through it more than uh, me and Ajax. So <laughs> I'll pick your grandmother. <laughs> Um, I actually, believe it or not, I didn't take pictures for anybody, but I did sear some salmon tonight <laughs> on the pan. Nice. <laughs> I didn't take any pictures, but, um, I just want to say to all my haters, y'all can go suck a dick. The salmon was pretty good. Um, made some little sauce on top of it. Um, I, I, one of, one of the salmons, one of the, one of the pieces, one of the fishes, the fishies, was a um, a little raw, so it was a little sushi. But uh, other than that, all the other ones are pretty good. Um, but enough about salmon and Ajax and your grandmother's meatloaf and Chick Fil A and all that great stuff. Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about some college football. Um, so I'll ask you before we even get into SEC play. Do you know who is currently leading the country in rushing yards? Uh, is it Navy? I don't know. No, no, individual. Um, uh, no, I don't know. That would be Daryl Henderson Jr. from the University of Memphis. Now, I know you didn't really watch, or you probably did watch, you may, you might have watched the game on Friday night. Memphis played Georgia State. By the way, I'm a big Memphis fan, went there, blah, 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 I'm from Memphis. Um, he had 233 yards on, like, 13 carries or something like that. Right now, he's leading the country in rushing with, uh, just over 500 yards on like 35 carries, so he's doing something crazy. I mean, he hasn't really played. Memphis really hadn't played too many great defenses, but um, I still think it's pretty good. But I'll ask you this: Hold, I think I've told you about this before. Did you know that Daryl Henderson Jr. is from the great state of Mississippi? Yeah, I was actually just about to say that. Not only is he from Mississippi, and uh, Florida State's great running back Cam Akers is from Mississippi, and then of course Colin Hill. Uh, big time running back at Mississippi State, who has been having a big year so far, also from the state of Mississippi. So, Mississippi State running backs are there is Mississippi State of Mississippi running backs are really showing out. And uh, I mean, not of course not after today, but before today, Scotty Phillips was like the number four leading rusher in the country. He had 300 yards after his uh, first two games. Of course, I think he might have had like a good old 12 yards today against Alabama. Maybe I'm not sure. I'll have to look and check the stats, but. Wasn't a pretty day for Ole Miss at Alabama, which we'll get into. Um, but yeah, I actually I saw I was looking up Daryl Henderson, um, and people were tweeting about him like, "Well, why did why did Ole Miss and Mississippi State miss out on him?" Um, you can maybe say Ole Miss miss out on him, but a lot of people say like Mississippi State would or Mississippi State fans would rather have Kylan Hill. Is it Kylan or Colin? I always get mixed up. Kylan. Kylan, yeah, that's how it's spelled. It's just uh, I have some pronunciations problem there every now and then. But Kylan Hill, some people say that they would rather have Kylan Hill than Daryl Henderson. So I'll ask you, um, without yeah, I guess you don't know too much about Daryl Henderson other than what I tell you, but you are very, very happy with Kylan Hill. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, actually, I looked into uh, looked into the game today. I didn't watch all of the ass whooping Mississippi State put on today, but. Uh, against Louisiana, but we did ask the question before um, in the preview podcast, who would have more rushing yards, Nick Fitzgerald or K- Kylan Hill? And you pr- replied, Kylan Hill. But Nick Fitzgerald actually proved right. 
proved me right and had more rushing yards. He had 107 yards on 15 carries with four rushing touchdowns and two passing touchdowns for 243 yards. Um, and uh, we talked earlier, you said you watched pretty much every single minute of this game. So is this what was expected, or did this ass-whooping even exceed your expectations? No, I mean, uh, Louisiana came out and moved the ball a little bit on the first drive, but uh, eventually had to settle for a field goal. And then after that, it was basically just your typical SEC versus group of five matchup. They just dominated both lines of scrimmage and pretty much did whatever they wanted. Um, Fitzgerald hit some throws in the passing game, was right on the money. That was something he really struggled with at Kansas State last week uh, was his accuracy. Looked to really be on point today and uh, obviously ran the ball really well. Four touchdowns over 100 yards. They actually left him in a little bit longer than I thought they were going to. I think they're just trying to maybe get his endurance up because he hasn't had to play a whole game yet. Mm -hmm. And so they're just trying to keep him in to kind of get him ready for, uh, you know, get him used to playing the whole game. The line on this game was like either like 28 and a half or 30 or something like that, correct? I, I want to say it was 33, but I could 33. be totally wrong. You are somewhat of a betting man. I, I guess casual, not a money. I do not bet on Mississippi State, though, under any circumstances. That's what I was wondering. I, I know some people that they have this philosophy for their team. They'll, I, I think they'll bet against their team a lot of times just because if – if their team proves them wrong and you lose money, at least your team still won and you're so happy from a fan standpoint. No, I wouldn't I still wouldn't be happy. Yeah. <laughs> I like I uh I'll say that like I mean, a lot of the reason why I gamble is because I just want to have a rooting interest in games that I don't already have a rooting interest in. And not only will I bet with my heart most likely when it comes to Mississippi State, but I'll also like already have a rooting interest so why like you know, I don't need to add anything to it. You know what I mean? I'd rather bet on games that I don't really care, care what happens one way or the other, so that way I have a reason to watch it. And by the way, is Louisiana – are they still Louisiana Lafayette or is it just Louisiana now? They're they trying to go by Louisiana, but everyone's still everyone in Louisiana still calls them Louisiana Lafayette. I, I really – I just prefer if they just go by Raging Cajuns because that's like my favorite name of all time. That's just yeah, that's a pretty cool name. So anything, anything make you nervous about this game, Tay? For um, well, Jamal Peters, state's uh, starting corner, looked like he had a pretty bad knee injury in this game, and he was on crutches on the sideline. So don't know how serious that is. We Mississippi State hasn't like released anything or whatever. And Colin Hill actually got a little bit banged up as well. Um, he looks to be all right though. I think they were just holding him out, per, you know, as a precaution. I think he probably could have gone back in if it was a SEC game, but. You know, those are just two injuries to kind of look for. and But other than that, it looks pretty good. And I don't know how much you were scouting for Mississippi State, but and we'll preview next week. Next, we'll preview next week in a few days. But I'm sure you noticed that Kentucky did whoop up on Murray State today, 48-10. to 10. Um, And I'll add to that that, Benny Snell was not the leading rusher today. It was actually Terry Wilson, the dual threat quarterback. That's actually, um, I think his stock is rising after the Florida game. I'm getting, I'm starting to respect him more. But uh, what I would like to ask you is, do you think it's time we give Kentucky more respect or we just keep dogging them until uh, basketball season? <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I definitely think they deserve some more respect than they've been getting. Um, but at the same time, it seems like every year Kentucky gets off to kind of a quick start and then kind of fades down the stretch. So, you know, 
they got a big game coming up next week against Mississippi State at home. And um, that's a game I think a lot of people are going to be picking Mississippi State to win. And uh, if they can find a way to win that, then, yeah, I mean, they're probably going to be pushing top 25. And, you know, they're going to be right there in the – you know, they're going to be setting up a big matchup with Georgia for the SEC East. It's it's too soon to say Kentucky should be ranked now, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's – I mean, rankings just don't really mean anything right now. You know what I mean? They're just kind of like – so I just – I don't really know, like – I think there's 25 other teams that I would pick to beat Kentucky if they played Kentucky, if that makes sense. So, I guess yeah. in that sense, I would say no. And uh, to add on to your rankings, I don't mean anything right now. Um, one thing I do like about the new college football playoff um, format is that they don't release r- rankings until – I don't forgot what week it is, but it's like week eight or something like that. It's well into the season. I kind of like yeah. that you really don't know anything for the first, like, three or four weeks of the season. Who's going to – I mean, we know Alabama is a really good team. But there's a lot of teams we don't really know are are good um, or are great. We just we think we know, and then somebody disappoints us, and then we have to reevaluate. So um, that's something I do like about the new format. But um, let me jump jump around for a second. I know we're gonna we're still gonna talk about SEC games, but um, it reminds me of the the non conference games today um, because of all the we were talking about the rankings and people were teams were ranked higher than they should have been. Um, somebody tweeted out this today at us, and I thought it was pretty funny. So it's almost, I mean, it's not a legitimate fair question, but I'll ask you. Um, so the question is, is Big Ten Conference even a Power Five Conference anymore? I mean, technically, yes. I don't know if I would use the word power to describe them, but, I mean, technically they are one of the five considered Power Five Conferences, but – I guess, you know, they obviously had a really rough day today. I mean, Illinois lost. Uh, see, Nebraska lost to Troy. Um, Maryland lost to Temple. Um, I mean, there's – and I'm forget. I know I'm forgetting like three or four other ones. Like, I mean, it was just a rough day for the Big Ten. Purdue lost to Missouri. You know, Ohio State was really lucky to get past uh, TCU today. Um, yeah. Yeah, let me let me go through it for you real quick just to refresh your memory. Oh, and Rutgers lost to Can got steamrolled by Kansas, who's hey. like, probably like one of the worst teams Kansas. in college football. Well, Kansas is a unique story now because they lost that they also had home opener against Nichols, um, which they're FCS, right? I don't think they're in like one of those smaller conferences. I'm pretty sure they're FCS. Um, but after that, like, I think there's a lot of, a lot of people coming out and even like there's like a law professor that tweeted out that got, went kind of viral saying that I don't even know why we have a program for football right now. We, we need to, we need to like just do away with it and put the money better to better use within our academics or something else somewhere else and at Kansas. And since then they beat, um, they beat Rutgers today and I forgot who they beat last week, but they beat somebody else last week. Um, I think it's Central Michigan who was who, yeah Central Michigan on the road and they killed um, Rutgers. So I mean, shout out to Kansas for uh, turning it around. I mean, turning around like two wins in Kansas like that usually doesn't happen for like six or seven years. So um, shout out to them. They're 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 doing big things there. Not just waiting. To, and the, I mean, they're they're no Kentucky now. Kentucky's Kentucky hasn't <laughs> been basketball and football now. So they're just trying to trying to emulate Kentucky now. Um, but yeah, Big Ten. Um, we, we talked about, I think you, you said the Big 12 was the worst conference. I, I still think Big 10 is better than uh, Big 12, but um, it's, it's, trying to, it's trying to move on down there and compete with the, yeah. 
Oh, and Wisconsin lost to BYU. That was the big one. On the I knew I, was for, I knew I was forgetting a big one, yeah. On the missed field goal, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just – it wasn't a good day. All around. And that South Florida-Illinois game, Illinois is not a really good team at all. But I'm surprised that South Florida was even – it was even that close to South Florida, but South Florida came back at the last, I don't know how close it was. I just know they scored a late touchdown to, um, to win the game, not like uh, with no time remaining, but they just, um, they won the very end of the game. And then uh, another one you forgot to mention was Akron beating Northwestern. So that was another. That's right. I said something about like Akron hasn't beaten a a big 10 team since 1894. Did you you see that? No, no, that was, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's that's just, pretty that's pretty tough northwestern yeah so we we have more confidence after week three that the sec is building even bigger case for being the best conference and we're not trying to be homers i think most people would agree with that at this point in time um big 10 before the year was kind of trying to compete but they just haven't uh, met expectations this year also um around the country we have the um Texas, USC. So we'll say, obviously, Ohio State did redeem uh, the Big Ten beating TCU today. Um, I think it was by 12 points, I think is what it was. Yeah, 40 to 28. And it was – TCU was really in control of the game. And uh, Ohio State hit screen pass. um, Trouble pass. No, it was was before that. Okay. Uh, They they were down by eight, and then they hit a screen pass to score a touchdown – and they didn't get the two-point conversion, and then there was a shovel pass that got intercepted in return for a touchdown by Ohio State right after that, and then it just kind of fell apart for TCU after that. It just kind of, you know, rolled up on them. So, I know, uh, kind of a tough loss. I was definitely pulling for TCU in that game, and you really hate to see that, you know, a game that they really – they played so well, like, the whole game, and then they just had a couple of tough plays, like, towards the end, like, in the beginning of the fourth quarter, like, around that range and yeah the um the game was played at AT AT&T Stadium uh in Arlington where the Cowboys play um which I can understand because they want to maximize the number of people there but I wish that game was on TCU's campus stadium or their home stadium just because I feel like it was more like one of those neutral site games when you open it up to even though well, I, th- I think what happened was is they were going to do a home and home, but Gary Patterson didn't want to go to Ohio State, so he wanted to just make it a neutral side game. Mm, that doesn't sound like Gary. Yeah. Patterson. I know. Like I was surprised when I heard that too. Yeah, which uh, we'll we'll get to SEC and we're not going to elaborate too much. But um, so, do you think since Ohio State won, do you think like like Ohio State is on full autopilot at this point? Because I mean, I mean they could have lost to TCU today, but it's just it's just kind of crazy to me um i mean urban is a great coach but i just feel like there's a lot of coaches who could win with ohio state right now yeah well i'm i'm still really like penn state um in the big 10 in the, in the big 10 so i think that's going to be a game coming up here in a few weeks um, yeah i'm not sure i think it's not this upcoming weekend but the weekend after that they go to uh penn state so that should be a big game and uh definitely you know one to watch out for and then can you tell me who, who the real Texas is at this point in time? Because I, I really I – really <laughs> Well, I don't think Texas is a great team. I think Texas is – like, they're decent. Um, I just – I think USC really isn't all that good. I'm not a big fan of a Clay Hilton. I think he's on the hot seat. I wouldn't say he's on the hot seat right now, but definitely after this game tonight, there's um, – it's not, it's not better for him to, tomorrow than it was yesterday for him. So, it's 
Um, yeah. I don't think they fire him that quick, but um, it's just not not a great situation for him. But hey, I yeah. mean, if if uh, USC won today, then Tom Herman would have been kind of on the more on the hot seat than even Clay Hilton. It was kind of like a hot seat game. Like who wants to be on the hot yeah. seat? Um, but Texas is just weird. I, it reminds me of when Tom Herman coached at Houston. And um, he won big games at Houston, but then he lost the games they shouldn't have. That's kind of what he did today. He beat USC, and then he lost to Maryland the first week. So I just uh, I think this yeah. is kind of off right now. But we'll we'll see how that goes. But getting back to SEC play, so we talked about Mississippi State killing Louisiana Lafayette or Louisiana Raging Cajuns, and then Kentucky beating Murray State pretty easily. And they'll meet up next week. A couple of undefeated teams. Um, won't be game day, but it'll be a good game, a uh, good SEC game. Let's talk about some of the other small games, um, smaller, I guess, lesser um, lesser hyped games before we get into the big ones. Um, Tennessee beat UTEP 24 to nothing. I don't think there's really too many takeaways except for I just think um, I think Tennessee could have scored more <laughs> against UTEP. I don't know if it's too, too much of a cause of concern. I'm glad they didn't give up any points, but uh, I think that the line was like 30. And they didn't cover, but it just seems like they could have won by a little bit more than yeah. Well, they pretty much ran the ball at will. Um, if you look at the stat line, they had 50 rushes for 345 yards. So they basically just ran all over them. And, um, you know, maybe they just – you know, I, I didn't watch this game, so I'm not really sure, like, what happened. Made some draws stop, stalled out or what. But uh, obviously getting the shutout is big for the defense. Um, you know, that really struggled week one. They've had two good performances in a row. You know, not obviously not against the best competition, but at least something they can kind of build on going forward. I um, I'm more excited to get into get deeper into SEC play, especially with Tennessee, because I still don't understand or know really what Jeremy Pruitt's style is. I mean, I think I have ideas from what I've read and heard, but I don't I don't know what his game style is. So I'm just kind of curious once we get into. SEC play. I mean, they played West Virginia, a good team, but other than that, they didn't really play anybody that they had to really, um, you know, take it down to the fourth quarter and uh, take it to the wire and really compete. So I'm, I'm kind of curious that I think they play. I think they play Florida. Is it Florida next week already? I think. Um, is I think it? It, is. it might be. It's usually pretty early in the season, it so it probably it is. is. Yeah, it's um, and they already got the time announced. It's uh. Seven o'clock next Saturday, so that'll be a good game, uh, especially because Florida came off uh, a bad loss to Kentucky, or what they would perceive as a bad loss um, to Kentucky. But hey, Florida actually rebounded today, beating Colorado State forty-eight to ten. Um, I know JB JB, um, who's not here. Was not expecting this them to beat Colorado State this much, but I think me and you were expecting them to yeah. beat them. I don't know about this much. I knew Colorado State wasn't good, but um, Florida didn't look too impressive with Kentucky. So I thought it'd be a little closer, but um, not super surprised that it was this much. Yeah, it was a kind of a close game in the first half, but uh, you know, Florida was able to kind of pull away in the second half, and you know, Damolin kind of lives on these games. You know, I. I just don't think Felipe Franks is going to make it through the year. No, you look at, I don't you look either. You look He's just struggling. Yeah, you look at his numbers. This it's not great. He went. This is Colorado State, mind you. This isn't an a true 
SEC defense that he's going to have to win games against. He went 8 for 15 for 119 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. His QB rating, which I don't know how much stock you put the, put into this or how many how much everybody else puts into this, but it was a 23 QBR. So it's very very low. I think I think it's just what you're what you were saying earlier and what we've been saying is that this isn't Dan Mullen's quarterback. This isn't the style of quarterback he wants to coach and wants to play. They have Emory Jones um, there that's waiting to play, and I think that's who Dan Mullen probably wants to play, um, but probably can't right now until Felipe Franks really screws it up. So, um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But I just don't think that Felipe Franks is going to make it throughout. And their defense played well also. You know, defense has never been the problem with Florida. Even, even I mean, obviously with Muschamp, it wasn't a problem. With McIlwain, surprisingly, an offensive coordinator – that became a head coach. It wasn't the problem. They had a really good defense with him for a couple of years, but um, defense has never been the problem. The quarterback play has always been the problem in the offense, which is ironic given that before Muschamp took took the job, Urban Meyer had so much offense before, but now it's kind of turned around and uh, kind of waiting for Florida to get back on top. Hey, um, hey, Florida, Florida. Florida's struggle a little bit, but hey, at least they're not uh, Florida State. Right. I, can't. Yeah, I was about to say, no, no one is uh, doing more for Dan Mullen's job security right now than Willie Taggart. Yeah, I, I don't know what your thoughts on him in general were, but I never really liked him as a head coach. He, I mean, I actually have more um, experience watching him or more, I guess, time watching him when Memphis played South Florida a lot. Um, and then he coached that year at Oregon, but they they had good teams at South Florida. But the the majority of the reason was because he recruited really well. He's a good recruiter, which can get you pretty far with coaching if you out recruit out recruit um, most of your competition. Then you're gonna you're gonna do pretty well. But I just never thought he was a great coach. And even at South Florida, he had um, I think it was Quentin Flowers that was really good quarterback that was leading him the way, kind of like Charlie Strong. Now you're not sure about. Um, Charlie Strong lasting after Quentin Flowers being gone, but um, I never really liked Willie Taggart. But I mean, it's just it's looking bad. I don't know how bad that Florida State team really was after Jimbo Fisher left, but I don't think it was this bad to go lose to Syracuse by twenty points or whatever it was. Well, their their offensive line has gotten significantly worse. Like it seems like every year, like you know, even the last couple of years under Jimbo Fisher, it was really starting to be a huge problem and. And just could never fix it. And now, you know, I don't know. Like, it doesn't really matter what you're trying to do on offense if you can't block anybody. And their offensive line is just one of the worst I've ever seen, I think. Well, and I haven't, I haven't paid attention too much. You, you mentioned Cam Akers earlier. I like him a lot, too. Um, but I haven't, also haven't watched him enough this year to know really how he's doing. Do you have a, a feel for how he's doing this year? Have you been watching him enough? Um, I mean, it's – I don't have his numbers, like, right in front of me. But, I mean, for the most part, it's not really – there's nowhere for him to run. You know what I mean? Like, even if he was – you know, there's just not really anything for him to do. Like, I don't think anybody would be would be putting up good numbers. Like, today yeah. he had he had 10 carries for 52 yards a day. So, that's 5.2 yards a carry. But he only got the ball 10 times. Yeah. It's it's funny when you're going through the recruiting process, you're, you think, oh, okay, well, Florida State has Jimbo Fisher. Florida State's been good. You – Think, all right, this is a stable program. They're and on the surface, they look a lot better than Mississippi State or Ole Miss or some of the schools that were recruiting him um, hard. But now, looking back on it, and 
Mississippi State would probably have been the best school for him. I mean, he still has a couple more years, um, but Mississippi State was looks like the place he should have gone to. But hey, Mississippi State's got Colin Hill, and they don't need K-Makers, although K-Makers would be good for him. <laughs> Try yeah, to- well, he was. I think he was committed to Alabama initially, like his like his junior year of high school, and then he decommitted, and then committed to Florida State. I don't know where that Florida Florida State game is being played this year. I don't, I'm not looking at it, but um, I would I would guess that Florida would win. But um, it's just it's so disappointing to think about where that game is going to be now versus where we thought it was going to be to start the year um, because it's, yeah. it's not, Florida State's going to be. A I, good I really thought that uh, Florida State was going to have a good team this year. I know this isn't like a Florida State podcast, but like I just remember when we were talking like preseason. They were a team that I was looking at thinking, like, man, like, they could really be good this year because they have so much talent. And uh, I'm, I've always been a huge fan of DeAndre Francois. I just think he throws a great ball and just seems a yep. really good quarterback. But for some reason, you know, they just haven't been able to get their offensive line going, even though they got these big dudes who, you know, were all, like, three- and four-star, five-star players, but they just, for some reason, just aren't good. Let's – um. Let's let's make Dan Mullen look even better, and maybe even Willie Taggart look a little bit better because um, what Chad Morris is doing in Arkansas is not spectacular at all. And we we talked about this before the season started that we thought this was definitely going to be rebuilding for Arkansas, um, but even so, there's some games I just thought that they should win based off of talent alone. Even though Arkansas is not super talented in the, in the SEC, I think they're way more talented than some of the teams they've lost to, like Colorado State and North Texas today. We're talking about it um, mostly just because – I guess I'll let you, you talk about it. Why do you think Arkansas is so bad? It, we talked about at one point that it was um, – Chad Morris and an up-tempo offense playing with Brett Bielema players that like to slow it down and like to the ground and pound game. Um, can you just talk Arkansas not doing great up to just having wrong players or is there more than that? Is Chad Morris not doing what he should be doing in one of these easy games? Yeah. I mean, I, you definitely don't want to see this, this early on. I mean, just like you were saying, we talked about this before the season that, you know, this was going to be a little bit of a rebuild. Um, with just the way that he wants to do things. But just offensively and defensively, they just haven't been – even special teams, they just haven't been a good team um, pretty much all around. And, um, you know, I don't know. Like, I'd let us hear and say, like, the head coach is the problem or the defense is the problem or, like, the players are the problem. But, I mean, it's been pretty much a group effort so far. Um, hey, they're a team. They're a team. Yeah. I mean, they've – there's plenty of blame to go around in Fayetteville for sure. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that I think Chad Morris is going to be a great coach at Arkansas, but there's definitely much, much better days ahead um, in his tenure, I think. And I think once, you know, once he gets his players in, he's re- actually recruiting pretty well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see once he gets some of his players in how, how you know, they look as far as this season goes. You know, it, right now it's looking like it's going to be kind of a long season, but hopefully, uh, you know, they still got no more games to play. And, you know, there's always a chance, you know, you can always get better. And uh, maybe he'll be able to uh, get his players to buy in a little bit. Maybe once they start playing some SEC teams, they'll get up for them a little bit more. And, you know, it's, I'm sure some teams will be overlooking them because they've had a couple of bad losses. So they may be able to sneak up on somebody. But, you know, as of right now, I mean, it's just – 
one of those things where you just, if you're an Arkansas fan, you're just waiting for uh, waiting for things to get better because it can't get much worse right now. It's it's funny how the whole coach, coaching hot seat drama works because um, if you're going to have a bad year as a head coach, you want it to be in that first year because you can just go ahead and set the bar really, really low. Um, so, like, say, like, Arkansas this year wins, like, three, maybe four games. Well, next year, if he wins, like, six or seven games, like, it's a really good year. But Arkansas doesn't want to win six or seven games. Arkansas wants to win, I don't know, like, eight to ten games a year, maybe compete for the SEC West, which is hard right now with Alabama. But um, it, it's, like, it's going to – it's actually a good thing for Chad Morris long-term for him to have a bad year right now just because next year um, it's, it's going to be a lot easier to outperform – this year if he only wins three or four games this this year so i just think it's good for him long term but one thing um you you can say we can we can talk about how you know you don't have the right players for your system which i think that is a big big case of what's going on right here with arkansas but there's also you can just see some some things that are lacking like i just think there's just general effort and no field awareness when by field awareness um, I know you've seen the, the the video now by now of that Arkansas special teams just air WTF moment where they punted and I didn't watch it live but I'm assuming they just they thought the North Texas player was um, calling a fair catch but he never called the fair catch and he played it off he caught the caught the punt and played it off like he. Um, called fair catch to the play was over, but he never dropped the ball. He just, he caught the ball and he was just walking slowly and just looking at everybody else. And then probably like 10 seconds after he caught the ball, he just took off running and all the Arkansas players were on the other side of the field and all of his blockers were ahead and he ended up scoring that touchdown. Um, that's stuff that you just don't want to see for any of your players to not be that aware and not have that kind of effort. So that's something that's a little alarming. Yeah, it definitely is. And I, I don't know. I sort of feel like that play should be illegal. It just seems like kind of like a the whole point of a fair catch is that like you know it's supposed to be like a safety issue, and uh, like I mean if you catch the ball and then act like the play's over, like I mean I, I don't know. I mean I, I I thought it was like a good idea. It's definitely something like I thought of before, but it just seems like one of those things where I don't know. It seems kind of petty and just kind of like I feel like that should shouldn't be a thing. Well, I think if you're you're um, against the wall against a team that's way more talented than you, I think it's like kind of all, all, all can go there. I think that's that's fair for somebody like North Texas. And we we talk about North Texas like they're not good. I mean, North Texas is not three and zero. They they were two and zero before this. Yeah. They, they weren't that bad. They're, they they might. They were picked to win uh, their conference. I think at, me- at their media days or whatever. That's what I was gonna say. They're um they're they're not bad. They're they play in Conference USA with uh Florida Atlantic. So I don't think they're gonna beat Florida Atlantic, but it wouldn't surprise me if they won their division in Conference USA. So I don't think they're a bad team, but um I mean obviously Arkansas still shouldn't be losing by this much in North Texas, but they're not a bad team. So give North Texas just a little bit of credit. I mean that being green, they're very mean. <laughs> yeah, they were very mean to Arkansas. Um <laughs> yeah they were so nice. Some nice guys. Um you know the first thing I thought of with that that special teams touchdown uh from north texas was um well i thought two things i thought first i thought this is payback from from arkansas whenever joe adams just ran all over tennessee with that like 12 missed tackles by tennessee i was like okay well now it it comes around what goes around comes around now arkansas gets to 
be embarrassed on special teams. So I thought about that, um, which I think that I think if you're if you're comparing the two situations, I think I would rather be on the defense that missed like 12 tackles. I don't know. It's a, it's a tough call. I'd probably rather be on the defense that missed 12 tackles than the team that wasn't paying attention to the fair catch. Um, where do you sit with that hold? I don't know. I mean, it, that either way. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I guess I would almost rather be on the field when it was like the trick play or whatever, like where he faked the fair catch because at least then I could just be like, well, you know, <laughs> <laughs> at least you just be like, we know, oh, I just thought he called a fair catch and everybody was running away. So everybody was running off the field. And then the second thought I w- was thinking was this touchdown was – Kind of cool, but peculiar. Peculiar, but not as peculiar as the Kentucky touchdown against Florida last weekend, where they was just slowly running into the end zone with nobody paying attention. It's kind of similar, though. Um, do you think that the Kentucky touchdown was a little bit weirder than this? Um, you know I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, they're both pretty weird. Yeah. Um, not not plays that we are happy to be <laughs> talking about for SEC's Slow Smoke podcast. And I don't think we'll be seeing it anytime soon on those, like, SEC, it just means more commercials for college football. I don't think nah. we'll be seeing it anytime soon. Um, but but there was some on. good news. Uh, you know, it wasn't all it wasn't all uh, teams struggling against uh, non-Power 5 teams. Yeah, yeah. Let's um... – Let's talk about some. Let's talk about some other wins. I guess. I guess you want to go ahead and lead in. Go ahead and let's let's talk for the next hour about your boy Drew Lockport. If you really, want to <laughs> oh, um, we don't really need to talk that long about it because I only got to catch like the last drive of this game because I don't have the Big Ten Network. So once I realized that this was like the only game on, and I uh, really wanted it was coming down to the wire, I like went and like downloaded the Big Ten app and had to like <laughs> use. I had to use like my mom's information to like get uh like from her cable and you know she lives in chicago so i do use like her stuff so to get the big 10 network a little um i luckily got to watch the uh the last drive on uh on my ipad um before that i hadn't watched any of it i wish you had told me and me and jb that before we just were texting you the updates like like you couldn't have a tv we were sitting there like text you all right five yard five yard pass complete yeah that's not what happened (laughs) i thought I thought you were um, sitting there just like waiting on us to text you. That's funny. Um, another little life hack um, is we don't get we don't get the Titans game here, which I'm a big Titans fan in Atlanta for NFL Sunday. But you can actually, I figured out, go on Facebook Live and watch other people recording the Titans game or whatever games. Usually, there's somebody out there with their phone just up to a TV recording whatever game you want to watch. I think and there was for the Titans, maybe not. Yeah. For- there used to be like you could watch them on like reddit oh yeah you could watch like live streams on reddit but it's just like one of those things where it's just like dude like f the nfl for that like seriously like you should be allowed to like watch your team like and if you don't have direct tv like you know what i mean like it just seems like i don't know don't you have to have direct tv to get the nfl package i don't even know yeah, yeah, NFL. I mean, it's 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 a little little bit. Like, I mean, like if it, I mean, it's not my fault that like I don't live in the area where like my favorite team plays, and then like I just want to like watch the games. Like college football is so just like open. Like you can just watch like almost anything except for like the Pac-12 or the Big Ten Network or like anything that doesn't come on those channels. I pretty much get. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's just like 
literally it's all there. I can just watch like whatever game is I want, like whatever. But the NFL is like, no, you're gonna watch like this game that's in your area, and like that's that, and you're not gonna watch anything else. Like maybe with the new um, new professional leagues popping up, maybe you'll get to watch our games now. The what's it, AAF and uh, XFL coming back? Maybe maybe that's your time to shine, Holt. You get to watch all the teams play. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I, I like NFL, but not definitely not more than college. The only problem, no. with, only problem with college is that it almost stresses me out how many games are, are on at once because I'm just like flipping 100 miles per hour trying to figure out which game I want to watch. And I'm like, I really don't get to dig in to watch the games because I'm flipping so much. So I kind of need like seven TVs, I think, is what what I've come, what conclusion I've come to. But yeah. um, back to this Missouri Purdue game. Um, <laughs> shout out yeah. to. Shout out to Missouri for um, not covering and uh, kicking a field goal to win it, which we, we had a nice little debate about this in our little group text is that they were – so Purdue Purdue tied it at 37, kicked it off to Missouri. Missouri, led by your boy Drew Locke with a 12-inch penis, drove down the field and got inside the, like, 15. And at this point, Holt, you prefer – to go try to score the touchdown, even if yeah. it's 45 seconds left on the clock, as opposed to... No, that's not... Okay, so the situation was uh, that Missouri... Purdue called their last timeout with 45 seconds left, and it was second down. Or, no, it was third down. No, it was second down. Yeah. And they took a knee and let the clock run down to three, so it's third down, and then they kicked extra point or they, you know, it was basically an extra point. But what I was saying is, well, first of all, they were gashing Purdue. So what I would have done is I would have just like, I would have taken the knee on or just do like a quarterback sneak or something. And then let the clock run like all the way down to like maybe like 10 seconds. And then it's third down. You still have a timeout. Just run the ball straight at the middle. And if you score, then the game's over, and if you don't, then just call a timeout, kick the field goal. I just don't like. I don't know. I just maybe I just from being like a Mississippi State fan for so long, I just have like a really hard time trusting kickers. But like, I don't trust a kicker to make anything, like under any circumstances. Like, I would rather just score a touchdown and just get it over with. Like, I'm not trying to like let my game come down to the kicker. Yeah, uh, and that, this, that's just me. And- in this situation, there was like really no, there wasn't too much pressure on Missouri because they were they were tied. So yeah. the worst could do is overtime. So it's it was it was a win win situation for them in general. But um, I I would prefer to kick the field goal when it's that short. But I can understand what you're saying because I, I really don't trust college kickers either in general. But um, you know what's sad, hold is that the entire country doesn't have a Big Ten network like you. So the entire country. Did not see Drew Locke's greatness today. The entire country. All right. the entire Everybody's country. gonna sleep on him for one more week, but this time next week, everybody's gonna know about Drew Locke, and everybody's gonna be talking about Drew Locke. So. We probably need we probably need like a special hashtag for him for Heisman, not just Drew Locke for Heisman. We need something like some SEC. You heard it here on SEC Slow Smokes. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, I'm I'm like dead serious though. Like Drew, like Drew Locke is the best quarterback in the SEC, like in probably the country. I think he is the best quarterback in the country. He's going to be a first-round draft pick, like, maybe even, like, number one overall. Like, he really is that good. I was trying to figure out I, – I, I forgot who I was thinking about that could have been better quarterback. Oh, I guess Jarrett Stidham technically could 
uh, not technically, but could be a better quarterback than him. But he um, he didn't he wasn't super impressive today. I mean, he was playing LSU's defense, so great defense. But um, I think I do. I used to like Drew Jared Stidham better than Drew Locke, but I think I do like Drew Locke a little bit better than Jared Stidham. But um, so this this game, Missouri's now three and zero. They beat a couple easy teams, I think, and then. Purdue. So Purdue, unfortunately, is 0-3, but I don't think their record is no. in, indicative of how good they are. Yeah, they're a better team than that. And they haven't, they've only lost one conference game so far, so as far as the Big Ten goes, they could still, you know, maybe do something. I don't know. Yeah, so 40-37, um, to 37, Drew Locke coming back. So now 3-0. They'll play Georgia next week. And we'll see. We'll see next week if Drew Locke is, um, is for real. But I'm sorry to say, Hold, but your boy um, Drew Locke was outperformed by David Bilal from Purdue with 572 yards. So that's a big area of concern for Missouri is their defense. We knew they were going to score a lot, but um, their defense is going to get them into some trouble. Um, Drew Locke had three touchdowns and one interception, but um, 375 yards. So a good day for him all around, but – um, the Purdue quarterback outperformed him whole. So um, you're going to need Missouri to play a little more defense for Drew Locke. Yeah. Well, uh, Missouri was leading this game most of the time, so Purdue kind of had to throw the ball. Um, if you look at uh, Purdue's rushing numbers, they had 16 carries for 42 yards. So And Missouri was able to run the ball pretty successfully. So I think uh, overall Missouri had the better offensive game. I think Drew Log just wasn't asked to throw the ball as much as uh, Purdue's quarterback was, but anyway. Yeah, yeah he had um, – this is good, 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 uh, good rebuttal or defense there, Holt, because David Blatt had 55 attempts, and I think Drew Log did not have nearly 55 attempts. Uh, so you're, you're right there. Um, so moving on, Holt, we'll, we'll see – We'll see um, if Drew Locke can, can continue this. Um, again, it's sad that we're the only ones that are talking about Drew Locke, I think. So we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. Uh, eventually, uh, some people are going to start talking about him. Um, another game this week uh, that went as expected was Texas killing Louisiana Monroe. So the Louisiana teams are getting killed, minus LSU today, Monroe and Lafayette. Um, Monroe was 2-0 before this game. Um, Texas A&M won 48-10. to Travion Williams had 128 yards, pretty good day for him. Um, Kellen Mond had three touchdowns, so kind of one as expected. I don't think the line was as much. I think the line was like close to 30, but um, I think Texas A&M is um, a major threat in the SEC West now. There's something, somebody that you cannot take lightly now. Um, not from not from Louisiana Monroe, but still thinking about the game last week against Clemson, where it was a pretty close game and they could have won at the end there. Yeah, it'll be uh, interesting to see the uh, power rankings coming out uh, sometime on Sunday or Monday for yeah. uh, SEC Slow Smoked where, uh, so, you know, since Auburn lost, Texas A&M and LSU may be moving up. So, you never know. Let's check it out. <laughs> and um, at the top, not number one, but the, at the top of the rankings, Georgia is definitely going to be in there. Georgia had another um, – Easy win today against Middle Tennessee, 49 to 7. Middle Tennessee was a lot better last year than this year, I think. They lost to Vanderbilt and Georgia now. Pretty, um, pretty bad, big losses for them, but not necessarily bad losses. Um, but Georgia keeps on being Georgia. Um, you know, Justin Fields got in the game today. I think he threw, threw a touchdown. I think he went seven for eight. If I, oh, excuse me, I'm looking at it now six for eight, 71 yards, one touchdown. 
and then he had a rushing touchdown too for third uh, rushing touchdown. Uh, I think it was a 15 yard rushing touchdown at 31 yards overall rushing. So George is going to keep on Georgiaing, if that's a word, verb. But um, I think Justin Fields is the real deal. After Jake Fromm comes out in a couple years, I think Justin Fields is going to take over and be a really, really good quarterback. Yeah, they were both Fromm and Fields. Both were very efficient. Fromm 10 for 12. You know, obviously wasn't asked to throw the ball a whole lot today, but he's usually not. Um, you know, just say stay efficient on offense. They ran the ball, you know, really well. Pretty much did whatever they wanted in this game. So uh, that's what you want to see. And um, it'll be interesting to see how they can bounce back next week after their first loss. Um, yeah, and Elijah Holyfield had 100 yards. Really can't look at stats too much about for this for games like this, but um, he did have 100 yards on eight carries, so pretty good day for him. Um, what's scary about Georgia is they don't even have their um, star running back from recruit from like the phase. I think he's going to be a freshman. I what his name was. Yeah, now, but... I can't remember his name either, but he tore his ACL in spring pra- or in uh, fall pra- practice. They said he could come back at the end of this year, but I don't think he would. I don't even think nah. it's in his best interest to come back anyway. So I think it's um, – I think they're fine without him for right now. So I think we should just, just chill on, enjoy enjoy the uh, the ride of the bench there. Moving on to other SEC games. These are our wheelhouse, the, the big games. Yeah, um, finally fi- – about uh, 50 minutes into the show, we finally get into some of the big games. Yeah, I know. We'll get better at this as time goes on. But um, let's talk about that that big Alabama Ole Miss game that was hyped up for a week. We talked about Ole Miss, um, or at least I did in my mind. Talk about Ole Miss, like yeah, I almost just I was like you know Ole Miss can actually compete with Alabama. Remember they they weren't supposed to win in twenty fourteen and twenty fifteen, and they beat them. Um, they've even beat them at Tuscaloosa. So I mean they have the best offense in the country. So I mean hey, they can score like thirty points, and you know crazier things have happened. And they scored the first touchdown, I think. And after that, it was all Alabama. It was, I think, forty-nine to seven at half, and it ended up being sixty-two to seven. Um, it's just, it's just crazy how how much Alabama dominates. And I've been t- saying this: they kill your hopes and dreams as a program. You think you're you're doing good and you're you're moving in the right direction, and then you get to Alabama and you just get dominated on every aspect of the game and you're just not ready to compete in the SEC West. So I've uh, you're a math guy. I have to ask you a math question real quick. What is 133 minus 75? 133 minus 75 is going to be 100 minus 45 40, 45 100 43 100 minus 43 that's 56 57 57 yards 57 i think it's 58 ah close uh on the first play of the game jordan tayamu throws a 75 yard touchdown pass but he somehow finishes with 133 passing yards (laughs) that means after the first play of the game he was six so on the first play of the game, 75-yard touchdown pass. After that, he was 6 for 21 for, what do we say, 58 yards and two picks? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, man, that's tough. Like, <laughs> that's a rough day. And, I mean, you could just tell, uh, you know, that obviously JB was, was texting us. He was at the game, and he was talking about how the roof just, like, totally blew off the place and they scored on the first play of the game. And – 
you know, they had all that momentum or whatever, and then Alabama just goes, like, right down the field and scores in, like, three plays. And I think, like, right when that happened, that was, like, like a mo- something just clicked. And, like, you know, I don't know if it was Tayama or just, like, the whole Ole Miss offense, but they were just, like, we're seriously going to have to score, like, every possession. Like, because <laughs> <laughs> like, we – like, we, we hit, like, one big play, but Alabama had, like, three huge plays, like, in a row and then just scored without even, like, resistance. So we're basically going to have to, like, carry this team. And I, I don't know if, like – they just felt the pressure of like being like, look, like we can't just score like every play, like. And then I don't, I don't know, like if Alabama made some adjustments. Um, Ole Miss had some open receivers that were missed later in the game, and obviously Tiamat threw a couple of picks. He had a bad fumble too in the first quarter, um, that really hurt him. So, you know, it's just one of those games where like when you're playing against Alabama. You just really want it to be like as low profile as possible because it seems like the bigger the game, the better they play. And yeah, there was a lot um, of people talking about this game. A lot of people saying they were going to win and, you yeah, know, I, just never do that. Never, never, ever, ever pick against Alabama. <laughs> we try to tell y'all don't do it. If, if, if next week, Alabama's pick to win by 153 points. You just take Alabama. You do not bet against them. <laughs> or just don't bet. Just don't even do it. Like, because they, they get so, like, Vegas gets so, like, like they're just daring you to pick against Alabama. Like, they're just daring you. <laughs> yeah. But they're just like, please, bet. please bet against Alabama. Like, we, we just really want you to, like, so bad. <laughs> we, um, we talked about, um, Ole offense before this game, how great they were. And we even – I was like, hey, do you know this guy, Scotty Phillips, or Ole Miss is uh, the number four leading rusher in the country with, like, 312 yards? Uh, well, he had 44 big yards today off of 12 carries. So, not horrible. No, not horrible not, at all. But not great. So, it's just – um. It's just scary because I just don't know when everybody else is going to catch up. I still think – I still want to hold my position thinking that Alabama can lose a game in SEC this year or against Clemson or in the playoff. But um, it just doesn't look like they are stopping for anybody right now. Yeah, well, I mean, the fact that their offense has been so good is to me to me is what's so impressive. Like, I mean, Tua, like, his touch on the deep balls are just perfect. Like – I mean, he throws it. He throws the ball like right where it needs to be. He hits the receiver right in stride, and it's just, you know. And then the other, he had a play where they ran like a corner route to like the front pylon um, early in the game, and he just threw it like right where only his guy could catch it. Like, I mean, he's just like, I mean, I know part of the reason why uh, he gets hyped so much is because like he hasn't had a bad game yet. And I remember Jalen Hurts was really hyped up his first like you know, few games as Alabama's quarterback or really the first whole season because he was playing so well um, early in the season. But, you know, when you look at Tua, like, he's just – I mean, he's just on, like, another level. Like, I mean, he's just – he puts the ball right where it needs to be and he plays with such confidence and, you know, he's got the escapability. He can run on, like, some design runs and, like, just basically do anything and – uh that's kind of been like the one thing Alabama's been missing the last few years is a playmaking quarterback, and now they have that to go with, you know, one of the best defenses in the country. I think uh, this Alabama team was the first team in SEC history to score 50 or more points in their first three games, um, which is kind of scary because Alabama's been really good before, but they, nobody's ever scored 50 or more points in the first three games. I was look, I'm looking at two of stats. 
this game, he had he threw for 190 yards, uh, two touchdowns. But more impressive is his stats for the year. Uh, he has 455 yards, a 71% completion rate, and six touchdowns, zero interceptions, which is I think is great. That's what you want to see with Alabama quarterbacks. They Because we, we talked about this before, a lot of Alabama quarterbacks are game managers where you just don't want them to mess up. And that's what we said Jalen Hurts has has maybe had an advantage over Tua is that he doesn't throw picks, but Tua isn't throwing picks right now, and he's throwing great passes on the money to a lot of different receivers. So I just don't know where Alabama's going to fall this year, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, and Hurts even Hurts threw a pick today. So yeah, yeah, it's funny. It's funny watching Hurts because like you want to you want to root for him because like you want to. I mean, I kind of want to see a little bit more drama, but um, I kind of want to root for him because he did. He's kind of the underdog now, and he did so much for Alabama. But it's just you can't even like I don't know if he could even justify starting over Tua right now. Like he can uh-huh. in his mind, can he say like, "Hey, I'm really better than Tua"? I don't think he can. He can't say it on the field at least. No, no, it's kind of you know it's tough to see it, but you know at the same time it is what it is. I mean, when you go to Alabama, you know that you're going to be competing against like you know other five stars and the best players in the country. So. Kind of what you signed hey, up for. Uh, bad, bad sign was though. Uh, Mac Jones got in. He only went one for three for thirty yards. I just don't know. He's not ready to take the keys yet. And this was a tough gambling loss too, because I had the over in this game, and it was seventy-one, and the total was sixty-nine. And like there were only thirteen points scored in the second half. It could have been like, you know, like just give me something. Like there could have been like another field goal. There was a touchdown that got called back. And then there was a missed field goal by Alabama, of course. Um, yeah. Just like there is every game. Yeah. That's just really, you know, I hate to go on a soapbox there for a minute, but that was a tough loss. Because I like I Alabama scoring 62 does not surprise me at all. Ole Miss scoring seven, that was definitely a surprise. I thought this game was going to be more like, you know, like, like 66 to 21 or 66 to 28 or something kind of like that. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to be, you know, like I knew Alabama was going to score a ton, but I didn't think Ole Miss was only going to score, you know, seven points, especially after that first play. I thought, like, you know, it was off to the races. So are you finally a to a believer? You weren't to start the year. But well, it's not that I – I don't know. I mean, it's not that I thought he was bad. It's just that, like, I just wasn't – yeah, I mean, I guess you said I just wasn't a believer that, like, he was great. I think I was just kind of still in wait-and-see mode. But mm-hmm. after these first three games, and he still hasn't faced a great defense yet, but, I mean, it's just everything he's been doing has just been, like, perfect. Like, he's just he's just been great. Like, he's, he, he couldn't be, like, any better, honestly, at this point in the season. Yeah, Alabama fans are getting on up there with being the most annoying fans in this to see, though. I know – I know a girl that wears her second and twenty six jersey every single game day. Oh my god! And that kind of annoying. And yeah, she probably didn't know that much about football. On top of that, but she's like we're all tied, which is the. I mean, hey, if, if Alabama started sucking in, then I'd be like, okay, well now I can like like them again because they're not as annoying. But they're they're getting too too cocky for their own good. Yeah, I mean, I just I can't deal with that stuff like that. Um. Other big games before we get to the LSU Auburn game was the Vanderbilt Notre Dame game. The line was thirteen and a half, and we thought we thought Vanderbilt was overhyped. Going not overhyped, but we didn't, we thought the line was a little bit too low, and we thought Vanderbilt wasn't that 
great. I mean, they won two games pretty easily to start the year, but not against great teams. But um, it turns out that Vanderbilt looks like they're, um, I want to say, a legitimate chance to win the East. But <laughs> they are a legitimate team in the East. I'll say that. And I think they could very well beat Kentucky and Tennessee and maybe even Florida this year. Um, they only lost about five to Notre Dame. Old. Do you think uh, Vanderbilt's uh, ready to compete in the East now? Um, yeah, I mean, I think so. Maybe not like with Georgia, but maybe with the rest of the teams in the East, I think so. Um, Carl Shermer really played well today. Didn't have a, the best completion percentage, but, you know, threw for 326 yards on the road against a pretty good defense at Notre Dame. Um, this game was really exciting. Um, hopefully all of you listening got a chance to catch the end of it. It really came down to, you know, the wire and Vanderbilt had a few big plays at the end that, you know, just made it really exciting. Then they had a fourth down um, where there was a drop pass that kind of ended the game for them. But uh, it was good to see them go up there and give Vanderbilt a tough game or give uh, Notre Dame a tough game. Um, you know, obviously pretty much everybody hates Notre Dame, so it's always fun to see. <laughs> Um, but yeah, Carl Shermer played really well. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn played pretty well as, as well. The transfer from Illinois, he only had 54 yards, but it was only on 10 carries. So, uh, but they played pretty well and, uh, defensively, you know, really slowed down Notre Dame. They scored 10 points in the first quarter and then just 12 the rest of the game. So played pretty well on a, you know, at Notre Dame in front of touchdown Jesus and, all that other stuff, Mike Tirico, Doug Flutie calling the game. Fun. The uh, the last play of the game for Vanderbilt in my mind was that that dropped ball. That was a tough way to go out because it was a it was a great throw and an even better almost catch. He just had it knocked out. He couldn't come down completely with. I think the defender got it. The guy like punched at it right when he fell down. But it, I really was hoping that he would have got that because it would have made it very very interesting. That they would have been inside the twenty. I think at that point with like a minute left. So um, I really, really wish he would have caught that. But um, Vanderbilt's defense is playing strong. And with Kyle Shermer playing pretty good, I mean, I think I think they're, I think they're a legitimate team now. Um, I'll stop making fun of them as much. I'm glad that um, our, our, our co-host, JB, doesn't have to streak to Nashville. Maybe that's why he was sick, because the, the game because <laughs> the, uh, the game was a little too close for him. He's like, oof. Almost have to um, streak to Nashville, and I can't think of I can't think of running more than a mile. But I have to run like three hundred miles now with naked. So probably maybe maybe that's what it was. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was pretty fun. I think uh, JB is a little bit. He's a Tennessee fan, so I think he's a little bit threatened by uh by Vanderbilt. They've been kind of kind of owning uh this the at least the uh, SEC portion of the state of Tennessee the last few years. Yeah, so. Yeah. That that West Side is reserved. That yeah, reserved. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew. I almost said Tennessee, but then I knew who I was talking to, so I was like, I better just keep it uh, <laughs> SEC related. Because I know Vanderbilt and Tennessee are way too afraid to play Memphis. <laughs> true, true. Um, Memphis, Memphis isn't scared now. There, we're good. We, the Liberty Bowl is tough. One of the toughest places to play. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm I'm happy for Vanderbilt. Um, I'm glad for them. To do bring something to SEC besides uh, good good academics. <laughs> that's what they, I swear to God, that's what everybody says. Like, well, we kick we kick Vanderbilt out of the SEC, but uh, they they're too smart over there, so we they they bring us up academically. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. So yeah, I don't know who cares about that, but apparently, 
apparently the important people who make those decisions care about that. But, you know, whatever. I like Vanderbilt. And plus they're awesome in baseball, which I'm a big baseball fan. So they definitely they definitely carry their weight in baseball. And they're usually decent at basketball too. Do you think this game gave Derek Mason a little bit of breathing room? I mean, we we're talking about him being on the hot seat before this year started, and this this year might be like the the year he breaks down or they they break him where he'll lose his job. But I mean, starting out two and zero and competing competing at Notre Dame, I know a loss is a loss, but competing at Notre Dame, I feel like that goes pretty far with the AD. Who, by the way, they the AD just left, so they're gonna have a new AD come in. Um, which I don't know who the interim AD is, but they're going to have a new interim. They're going to have a new AD at some point in the future. He's going to have to evaluate what he's going to want to do with Derek Mason. But um, do you think this gave him a little breathing room? Yeah, definitely. I think uh, I think uh, he he's really doing a good job there. You know, I think it's tough. It's a tough job. It is, and hopefully, uh, you know, I hope for their sake that they can make a bowl game this year. Uh, luckily, they draw Ole Miss and Arkansas out of the West, which are the by far the two worst teams in the West, you know, they're definitely going to lose to Georgia, but, you know, pretty much everybody else in the East, I guess, you know, everyone else on their schedule, I could at least make an argument for them beating, you know, obviously I don't think they're going to beat Missouri, but maybe, you know, you could, I could understand if someone would make that argument just because Missouri's defense hasn't been that great, but I mean, you never know. I hope I hope they can make it to a bowl game, and I hope you know I like Derrick Mason a lot, so I really hope that uh, I just, it works out for him. I, I just like seeing Derrick Mason get getting excited, and getting hyped on the sideline. He's he's like a he's a really small guy, and you don't realize it until he stands next to some of his players. He's a really small guy. He's kind of like big. I guess he works out. It's the it's the local gym, <laughs> but but he um he gets he's so funny when he gets hyped on the on the mic on the interviews. I remember he did that when he beat Tennessee a few years ago. A couple years ago, and uh, they interviewed him afterwards, and he, he just he was just yelling, hollering at the mic. It was just funny to listen to him. So I was kind of hoping for that uh, repeat moment today, but not not, not quite. Did you see him uh, giving it to the officials over there? No, it was so no. funny because like <laughs> he he's so big and like you know he's wearing that tight shirt and he's just like he's like screaming and like veins are popping and stuff. And like you know, he's like right in this official's ear, and you can tell this this official is like shitting a brick. And then like the next like the <laughs> next play, there's like a pass over to like the left side on like a fourth down, and uh, it's like a questionable like interference call. And then like he like immediately grabs the flag and throws it. Like <laughs> he's like, I'm not taking this again. Like <laughs> I'll just like yes sir, I'll throw the flag. <laughs> you are now my bitch. <laughs> Um, all right, let's move on to the SEC game of the week. And I think, you know, people say that you can say that the TCU-Ohio State game was the game day game, but I think – I would say that. ES- uh, yeah, no, I'm saying <laughs> people would know. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Dad. Sorry. I would say um, I would say Middle see Georgia is better than that game because SEC <laughs> – just kidding. But – um, the Auburn LSU game today was probably the SEC game. It was definitely the SEC game of the week, probably the best game all day. Um, did this game live up to your expectations? Hold, I guess it probably exceeded him because you didn't think it was going to be even this close. Yeah, I definitely. Uh, I thought that Auburn was going to win this game by like you know ten to you know fourteen points, something like that. You know, I thought it was going to be kind of a boring, like low scoring game. But uh, you know, give LSU some credit; they played really well and. Got, got the win uh, on the road, a tough place to win. And, uh, you know, Gus Malzahn continues his questionable uh, play calling <laughs> that just seems to be a theme, like, in the second. You know, he just 
I don't even know what he's doing half the time. It's like as soon as he gets a lead in a big game, he just thinks he can just run out the clock and just always gives the other team a chance to get back in the game. Yeah, I I just don't understand how Auburn lost this game. But um, hey, back to your your point earlier. Don't trust the don't trust college kickers. Hey, this kicker won it for him though. That's right. Forty two yard field goal. And then Auburn's kicker missed a field goal earlier in the game. Daniel Car- Daniel this- Carlson's younger brother. Who is Auburn's kicker now? Not nearly as good as his older yeah. brother. Yeah. Did you uh, – the kicker, his name's Cole Tracy. Did you watch the – I mean, I think you watched the Miami game where they profiled him uh, a lot. They said he went to Assumption College and was kicking kicking field goals in, like, snow or something like this, like a D2 school or some lower-level college, and he ended up getting a scholarship. He's a grad transfer and played immediately with LSU and got a scholarship. Did you say Assumption so, College? Yeah, Assumption College. They they say it a lot, actually. Well, so. I'm going to make an assumption and say that he's getting laid tonight in Baton Rouge. I mean, I, I would I would bet that it's a lot easier to get laid in Baton Rouge than even Oxford, which I think it's a tough call. But I think because LSU won, I think Baton Rouge is a place to be for uh, for a single guy like yourself. If you're into that kind of thing, hey, I mean, maybe you, wanna, maybe you want to take her out to Chili's or something like that first. But if you just want to, you know, go there and get it, get it in real quick, <laughs> probably the night, the night to go. Yeah, you know, it's actually a good idea. It's getting pretty late though. I don't know. I think by the time I made it down there, everything would be dead, dead by then. But I don't know. Um, this game was, I mean, in my mind, it was all defense. It was like, I mean, it's about a. Even I'm mean, not even score, but like a not a low scoring game, not a high scoring game. 22-21 is pretty average amount of points, I guess, for a college game. I would say, but there you could clearly see there, these were two good defenses going head to head, and um, I just I just think it's crazy how um, how good both these defenses were, and they might not even be the best defense in the SEC. Yeah, I mean, Dave Aranda, we talked about before the season about is he worth. Uh... You know, how much he gets paid. He's the highest paid defensive coordinator in college football. He gets paid more than a lot of head coaches. But, uh, I mean, I think that's a pretty easy answer. I mean, he's the best in the business. And uh, he had a great game plan today. Uh, Auburn's offensive line was re- really struggled at times today. They they got it together a little bit in the second quarter, um, in the beginning of the second half, and uh, were able to run the ball with some success. But, um for the most part, they really struggled in this game. And LSU's back seven, you know, is always really good. And Devin White had a huge game in the middle linebacker. Greedy Williams had a pick, and then they had another pick um, on the first possession of the game that led to their first touchdown. Um, you know, so, yeah, I mean, you definitely have to give a lot of credit to both defenses. Auburn's defense is great as well. Just, uh, you know, just couldn't come up with a big stop at the end of the game when they needed it. And they had a bad pass interference call there at the end as well. Yeah, and that's another point that um, people complain about the refs on both sides. Did you think that Auburn fans had more to complain about the refs? Man, I never want to hear an Auburn fan complain about refs ever, first of all. (laughs) And second of all, I thought – I mean, granted, I was flipping around between games. So, um, I was watching a lot of the Boise State-Oklahoma game because I had some – a wager on that one as well. But uh, I I didn't see any calls that I thought were bad, honestly. So I can't really say for sure. But uh, if you want to see some bad calls, you can go back and watch the Auburn Mississippi State game from last year. 
If uh, Auburn fans, are, if Auburn fans are looking for some, if they want to know what a bad call looks like, time a little too salty hole. Yeah, take it down a notch. All right, so dude, if um, you like, I don't feel sorry for Auburn ever. So if if Auburn fans <laughs> are looking for pity from me, they came to the wrong damn place. LSU is my new favorite team to knock off Alabama now. Like I'm not saying they're going to, but I want them to. It's in Baton Rouge this year. And I just really want LSU to be elite LSU. And they're they're going to be top 10 after this week. I think they'll probably flip-flop. Uh, LSU will be maybe number seven. Auburn will be number 12. I'm not sure exactly how the rankings are going to play out. But I expect Auburn to go to the top 10 and LSU to go inside the top 10. Um, so, I think – I just don't know about LSU, though. I just I think they're good. But I don't know if this is, like, fool's gold. I don't know if they yeah. could lose some other games. But you'll, you'll see. I mean, we didn't really like LSU to begin with this year. But they're, they're looking – pretty good definitely on defense offense is still a work in progress joe burrow today um i, I don't know if he outperformed jerusalem jerusalem had two interceptions uh joe burrow only had one touchdown no interceptions but he's 15 of 34 so not great numbers 249 yards is good but 15 of 34 is not great but what what joe burrow did great was when the game was on the line he he kept getting first downs. He kept moving the offense. So I think I think that was very important for him and LSU to be more clutch and do what needed to be done to get LSU into uh, field goal position. Yeah, so actually it's funny because they just showed the – I'm watching the ESPN right now and they just showed the replay of that pass interference call. And, I yeah. mean, it was definitely not egregious, but he was holding the receiver's arm down. And uh, I think anytime you grab and like hold the receiver's arm down, they're going to call that. So, you know, not like the worst one ever, but, you know, that's something they're going to call. And then as far as Joe Burrow goes, he played well. Um, he, you know, LSU's got some really good receivers. And he really, you know, just, I, I wouldn't say he made any like really tough throws, but he made like the right throws and he put them where they needed to be. And I mean, honestly, being a quarterback, at a, especially at a place like LSU, I mean, that's like, 90% of the battle right there. Like, you know, he's – I mean, I don't think he's going to be, like, you know, Tua or Drew Locke or anyone like that. But as far as, like, just great passing downfield and, you know, being perfect. But he's definitely impressed me and is a lot better than I expected him to be. And um, LSU's definitely a much better team than we definitely expected before the season started. Yeah, I'm excited to see where this LSU team can go. I, I hope they keep like proving me wrong and winning games. I don't think they're supposed to win. As for Auburn, I think Auburn's still a great team. Um, I still think they'll give a lot of teams in SC trouble. Um, I still think they could. I mean, crazy. I still think they compete with Alabama, but um, not not so much giving Alabama's uh, big win today in Auburn. Not winning. It's just Auburn has so much more potential. It's just you're you're right. Questionable play calling. I think kind of hurts them the most, but. Um, we'll see. We'll see how the season plays out. Any um, any final words on LSU Auburn or any of the other SEC games today? Um, I don't think so. I think we pretty much covered everything. Um, just uh, you know, it was another great day of college football, and can't believe we're already through three weeks. Seems you know, <laughs> it seems like it, it takes so long to get here, and then it just starts flying by. So I'm just trying to appreciate like every moment of it. Yeah, because uh, I sure. know the the off season is very long and cold and scary. Winter is coming. You're right. <laughs> um, yeah. So next week we will start to preview week four, which we're getting more into SEC play. So I'm excited about that. So 
appreciate you all for listening to us for this long. Um, as always, subscribe and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoke. Peace.